Welcome back. Welcome back to Sam and Maggie Hakley. This is a podcast that I'm actually excited to record today. Um, I wow. Was, I woke up being like, hey, I get to watch an episode of Glee today and talk about it with my brother, <laughs> which normally does sound like sort of a curse that we've taken upon ourselves. But today I was like, hey, it's, maybe it's not so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I... Nice. I I feel that way sometimes. Um, I do watch the episodes in advance. So, like, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I do have to watch them twice, which I realized yeah. today is a real kind of hell, is having to watch each episode of Glee two times. Um, yeah, I don't really understand the two times thing. I, I, I get that it's a sort of helps for complete saturation of the content, really knowing what we're talking about. Uh, but it is... Not good for your mental health, probably. No, the problem is that I watch it with my boyfriend, Chris, and I don't want to subject him to the viewing experience. pausing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. The necessary pausing. For note-taking, yes. I think it can help. Like, I have watched Glee with a variety of people with this note-taking pausing, and thankfully it gives me time to just sort of rant Right, yeah, um, that's, yeah. About agreed. how garbage it is to these random people, which I do feel bad about that also. So yeah, watching Glee with me is a bad experience. Okay, I've sort of come around on it. I, It's bad. <laughs> okay, so before we start, I do have to take us to the apology corner. Oh. Um, so a couple episodes back, I mentioned offhand that uh, my boyfriend, Chris, who watches Glee with me, finally came around to being excited about the fact that Finn won't be on the show at a certain point because his character in the show and also the actor who played him died. Um, when so Chris heard that... that... Yeah, because I remember you saying that Chris was, like, excited for Finn's <laughs> death, which I sort of... Like, that. Do, like that's a little bit more vindictive. A little yeah. bit more of a Sam and Maggie Hakley sort of trapped feeling, which... <laughs> Yeah, Hopefully so others don't have. To clarify, um he got very mad at me for that. I want to <laughs> I want to make it clear he doesn't he's not wishing death upon Finn. He's not yeah. he's not in the same state as I am, which is that I hate Finn very much. Yeah. Um but he he does understand that you know, Finn is awful and yeah. uh the show we'll see how the show is after we don't have Finn on it anymore. Let's well, the show can't really lie to us about how great Finn is when he's not around. Or well, no, they it can. might. Yeah, they might though. Is the thing it really can? Ugh, Glee anyway. is like just such a big liar. Okay. <laughs> yes. So speaking of liars, today's episode is. Let's talk about its lies. Yes. <laughs> today's lie list. Today we're talking about season three, episode eight. Hold on to sixteen, which um, is from the John Mellencamp song. Yeah, Jack and Diane. So, Where he great. says, hold on to 16 as long as you can. Because, you know, really cool people idealize their teenage years and think that they're the best years of their life. Okay, Which so characters are 16? Um, none of them? Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Tina? 
Maybe Tina. <laughs> Maybe. But it's yeah. I thought Tina was a senior also. No, no, she's a junior. Remember, we got that we oh, got the yeah. helpful thing at the beginning. Yeah, she and Artie are both juniors. So That's stupid. Yeah. So anyway, this episode originally aired on December sixth, twenty eleven, uh, which just if you if you didn't notice, that means next week's episode is the Christmas one. Yay! Yay! Question mark. <laughs> um, and then it had no. The, okay, the Christmas episode next time I'm pretty sure is the Christmas special that they film. Okay. Well, the, in the black other... and white. Okay. Well, the other thing is the director of that episode is Matthew Morrison. So I have oh, mixed yikes. feelings. Yeah. Anyway, so this episode. Uh, had 7.11 million viewers, which is down from last week, which had 7.9 million viewers. It was directed by Brad Buecher, who is a pretty regular director at this point. Yep. And Ross Maxwell, who this is his first episode of Glee that he's gotten the writing credit on. uh, But he has more after this one. Apparently he was made like official staff writer in season four or something like that. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. So we don't we don't have we don't I mean Ryan Murphy's fingerprints are all over this episode, but like I'm, we're, you it's know not what directly. I find him. sort of annoying um, is that there's so many men who write and direct this show. Yeah, I'm not saying that they aren't. It's just like the the we can probably name the amount of like women directors and writers on one hand. two hands or one. You yeah. know. No, Which is pretty sure. messed up when we are, like, well into the series. Like, this is, like, around episode, like, 50 at this point. Yeah. So, what the fuck, Glee? Yeah, that's actually... It's interesting. It, I mean, I'm going to follow Glee for it, obviously, because that's what we do here. But also, in general, I think that's a bigger problem in the yeah. biz or whatever, is that, like, women don't get very many opportunities as compared to men. But Yeah, like, the patriarchy or whatever. Yeah. Going back to, going back to like, the hatred of Glee, one of the things I want to, I want to make it perfectly clear to people, I hate Glee. And it's not necessarily because of, like, the content, sometimes it is, or, like, the characters, sometimes it is. It's mostly because Glee failed so hard to do what it was setting out to do, which is to, like, represent Undertold stories and like give minorities an actual appearance in the media. And instead, it seems to mostly fall into typical teenage high school tropes and white people and male perspective. So, yeah. And I I don't know. I have similar feelings. I think my hatred uh, develops more over time with like frustration with like writing inconsistencies and not really (laughs) caring about the characters or like portraying a consistent story you know um that's where the hatred really flourishes and grows for me so i'm very excited for the next three seasons obviously but yeah (laughs) i totally get it like the perspective that we're sort of promised by at least the pilot is not the one that we eventually get no but anyway let's get into this episode because we might have some of those problematic things coming around again. Um, Yay! Thankfully, there's no recap. Praise be. Yes. No Woo. recap. Thank uh, God. Because we, we already know what the fuck is going on. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like the two episodes were aired on the right, same day yeah. or something. Were they? Well, it is sectionals, and I feel like in general the competition episodes don't have recaps. Yeah. Well, they they don't have the time. Exactly. Yeah. They're they're packing <laughs> so, in all these performances. You know. We start packing in uh, the uh, 
the dialogue at the beginning here with Rachel and Quinn in the hallway. Rachel seems to be gathering her things for her suspension because she has to leave. If you recall, she did a crime. Yes. And stuffed the ballot boxes for Kurt and got suspended. Because paper in McKinley is considered a weapon while slushies are not. Yes, exactly. Um, and we find out that one of the tro- one of the tropey things this episode is that Rachel is going to be the voice of conscience for Quinn. Yeah, sort of weird. Uh, seeing that Rachel is sort of evil <laughs> in sociopathic. General. Yeah, like she's definitely like chaotic neutral at best. Sure. At best she's kind of chaotic evil um but yeah i mean she did send sunshine to a crack house see okay i'm gonna bring that up later when it is so incredibly relevant but yeah so quinn lets us know that she knows that puck and shelby have been sleeping together yeah even though puck did tell her that she had to keep it to herself she is spilling the beans immediately to rachel barry of all people yeah. Uh, because Rachel is worried that they're not going to do well with the trouble tones. She offers singing lessons to Quinn and Quinn's like, we won't need them. I'm tattling on Shelby and getting her fired. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, out of Quinn's plans, maybe not the worst one. No, I think it's probably one of the best ones she's, she's got so far. Uh, and granted Shelby did something bad and probably shouldn't be teaching people no. that she views as sexual objects yeah. or, you know, sees the possibility yeah. of that, you know? Also, Maggie, how's it, how's it at the uh, Indianapolis 500 over there? Oh, um, it's good. People really like to race down the hill next to this house. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Just to make our, pod, our, our podcast quality primo. Um, Sorry. But, yeah. So essentially Rachel is like, hey, don't do that. Um, and then... Quinn is like, we'll see. And then, the, yeah. Well, the scene ends sort of weirdly where Rachel's like, you've done some really bad things, Quinn. <laughs> so she maybe, says that a lot this episode. This time. <laughs> yeah. Which, what, what are the bad things that Quinn has done? Rachel well, definitely doesn't know about the anti-baby planting. I mean, Puck might have told them. I mean, Quinn has a big mouth. Puck also has a big mouth. Yeah, like, and Puck, Puck and Rachel have like a weird relationship where... Yeah. They, 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 maybe they would talk about this sort of thing. I, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, but also, you know, I guess she got pregnant. Does that count as a bad thing? Well, definitely the song she did with the unwed mother's connection. <laughs> oh gosh, Oof. as a bad thing. <laughs> every every time I hear that song, I am forced to think of the performance, and it's <laughs> so upsetting to me now. Um, but just yeah, holding the bellies and just sort of. Like wiggling. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So Quinn is on the warpath. She is full on evil this episode, really leaning in. Finn and Shu are in the are in the uh, choir room during the next scene. They seem to be talking about set lists. Yeah, for sectionals because it is the week of. So (laughs) of course, it's like two days away in fiction. Good job. God, that's so upsetting. Yeah, um, and Finn declares that the New Directions need, quote, star power, specifically Sam Evans. Yeah, he's like, we need to fix our performer problem, uh, which is getting Sam back. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, also, the the other fun part about this is that she was like, what? Like, he's disappeared off the face of the map. And Finn is like, no, he lives in Kentucky with his family. And she was like, how would you know that? And then 
Finn delivers the probably one of the best lines yeah, of the episode. Go, go, go. Even homeless people have Facebook. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it, it is true, I guess, or can be true. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. I Maybe it's my millennialist sensibilities, but I find any sort of mention of technology on... Especially like show like shows like this, like sitcoms or whatever, to be sort of awkward and strange. Like they never really hit the nail on the head with the way that people who use the technology are actually using it. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like you can tell that Ryan Murphy doesn't really know that you don't have to like put an address to make a <laughs> Facebook account. But yeah. like eh, like I mean the the main thing the main problem I have with this is they they have homeless jokes in this episode again yeah and the thing is Sam's family Sam's is not, not homeless they're like, not homeless right now they have a home and even if they didn't you shouldn't be making homeless like I mean yeah yeah and like be, well this is how we've defined Sam's character right, right. is that yeah. he is homeless which is not good <laughs> like it's definitely not just a because his his two main character traits at this point, I guess three, uh, he's a big nerd, yep, uh, who does weird impressions all the time. Yep. Uh, second character trait is that he has big lips and a big that, mouth. Yeah, yeah, and a big mouth that are easy to make fun of. And third, he is homeless, and that's the three character traits for Sam Evans. Maggie. I have a sweet deal for you. There's a yeah. new character trait that I'm thinking of for Sam Evans. Oh, um, pitch it to me. I'm so ready for it. You know how Cord Overstreet has muscles because he's an actor. So he probably yes. spends a lot of time in the gym and dieting and such. I, what yes, if... Well, we know that he's had problems with his weight in the past. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have we? Or is that in the future? Fuck. I think that's in the future because... Um, Oh, wait, no, no, you're right. He did, because he talked about the dieting thing with yeah, Finn in like, the locker the du- room. And, like, the Doritos, and then he pulled his skin, like, his barely yeah. loose skin from his very muscled tummy. <laughs> yes. Um, but what if we turned him into a sex object? Oh, yeah. Well, he already sort of is with those lips. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that. You know, like, I, I have some ways of developing this idea, but, like... Maybe we could make that that character trait, the lips one, sort of multi-layered, you know? Because mm-hmm. like, that's really what we need, is to objectify him more. Yes, because more, he's not a person. More than just the lips, yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's just a pair of lips. Um, before we talk more about Sam's lips, let's talk about Clayne and Yeah, so they're getting coffee, coffee the lima bean. <laughs> Yes. And, okay, Blade's angst in this episode is maybe my favorite part. (laughs) Very, very Harry Potter 5. Oh, very, very much so. So, uh, Kurt is, like, upset that they're going to lose. And Blade's just like, I don't really, I can't really function with this idea that we're going to lose. I I hate my life and I hate Finn. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also, it's great. It, it's just nice because Kurt is also bringing up like Niada probably isn't going to happen, and also, you know, the new and then Blaine's like, yeah, the new directions have no chance at winning sectionals because we suck because Finn sucks <laughs> and like, <laughs> um, which is nice. But uh, yeah, uh, Kurt doesn't like deny that Finn <laughs> obviously hates Blaine. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just like, yeah, I know, baby, I'm sorry. It's fun, but then it, what's 
the the icing on top of this. Sebastian arrives. Yeah, Sebastian just shows up. <laughs> Blaine is just like, hey, like he's happy to see him. And Sebastian's like, oh, haven't seen you online lately, buddy. And it's <laughs> just like, oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, he also hits on him immediately. It's just like, I saw, I, I noticed some dude across the coffee shop. And I'm like, he's really hot. And then I realized it was you. And well, it's like. He's like, I noticed that hair. And I was like, that gel has to be Blaine. <laughs> But yeah, so what's great about this is he does that, and then Blaine's like, I need more coffee. And then yeah. immediately, Kurt and Sebastian, Kurt turns to Sebastian and goes, I don't like you very much. Yeah, the <laughs> confrontation that these two characters have is great because yes. Sebastian responds to that not by, not by being like, Oh, well, I like you. No, he's like, Well, I don't like you very much either. <laughs> it's very, I don't know, it's. It's very good because, like, while this is kind of, like, a catty gay stereotype, it's yeah. so enjoyable to watch because, yeah. like... Yeah, and because as soon as Blaine comes back, they're all smiles. <laughs> yes. my One of my favorite parts of this little bit is that uh, uh, Kurt references Sebastian's, quote, obnoxious CW hair, which and is his one... his meerkat face. Which is one funny because Grant Gustin, the actor who plays Sebastian, did play the Flash on CW. On the CW, that's right. <laughs> but also, well, the, Kurt, because well, he he came into the audition for the Flash, and they're like, "You already got you've got the hair, great." <laughs> but the the other part, Kurt has the same hairstyle. <laughs> he does. It is exactly the same. <laughs> oh gosh, it's, because it's just sort of like TV man hair. Yes, the like, the, like, pompadour-esque, yeah. like, shorter hair. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could compare Sebastian's to a little bit more of, like, Dean from Supernatural, because it's shorter. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Which is very... There you go. CW CW hair. hair. <laughs> uh, Sebastian tells Kurt that he's going to lose everything because he's going to win nationals and take Blaine away from him. Yes. Yes, mostly. Well, we found out that the Warboards did win their sectionals last yes. week, apparently. Um, so that's nice, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't really care. Uh, but So, yeah, Blaine comes back and they're just all smiles. And Sebastian's like, oh, we were just talking about when we're going to go out drinking next killer. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. it's uh, very it, stupid. The next scene is at a dinner theater f- place. Or yes. we, are, we are meant to believe that that is where uh, Finchel is. Yes. Uh, we know that Finn is on a quest to get Sam back, so that's what him and Rachel are doing here. Guess what? It's a strip club. Sam is a stripper. I was watching like a recap of this episode just for fun, because in my Google search, there was like a, a video recap from 2011 that I was like, oh, I'll watch this. It was terrible. Okay. Uh, They made sure to say that Sam is a male stripper. Oh. Which I don't, I don't know what else he would be. Uh, And uh, well, the reason I watched the video was because it had like Blaine's very angry face. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like his like sweaty boxing angry face. Yes. Oh. I gotta watch this. Anyway, Sam is a male stripper. Right. Not Not a female stripper, weirdly, because he's never identified as female. So, like, why would he? Um, No, that's that's one of the things about this episode that is, like, 
the most garbagey part. So Sam is a Sam is a stripper. His name yes. is White Chocolate for the yep. strip club. Um, he, but he's not dressed as like a chocolatier or, or anything. He's dressed. as Oh a my fireman. god! Can you imagine? A Willy Wonka themed <gasps> stripper. No, that's so good. And they do the like they come out with like a like on a cane, like sort of like <laughs> limping, and then they throw the cane off and they do a flip. Oh my god. Well but the, so yeah, the the other thing here too, there are a couple other strippers that are part of the show. Um but none of them okay. Maybe this is just like my male perspective, but when mm-hmm. I think of like strip club, I think like skimpy you know like yeah i would say they're all very modest exactly that's the, he he is wearing short shorts sam is but when i go to a strip club i'm there to see the outline of ween okay yeah. that's what i'm you there want, for you want peen or nothing i understand <laughs> exactly like abs are nice but like peen right below cannot cannot beat that so sure anyway well, I, yeah it's a very odd strip club for sure because <laughs> it's sort of sparsely populated but also like it's the middle of the day yeah well maggie that's that's when the strip clubs do their male shows because only only men are willing to come to cd gross clubs at night to watch women dance there no there are women there are no men there well maggie it's kentucky there are no gay people who live in kentucky obviously no that's yeah it's stupid and here i've got a hashtag unpopular opinion for you are you ready sure Sam's dancing is not sexy. No, okay. That is so true. He it's not sexy. They, <laughs> this becomes a plot point later because as we were making fun of earlier, Sam's defining characteristic becomes he's the quote sexy one. It's not though. <laughs> it's his body roles that they show, the ones that they actually show yeah. are sort of disjointed and well, like they're not yeah. sinuous or anything. And they they very, very often they don't right. even show you the full body roll. They cut well, and that's, like halfway through it because they know it looks bad. So they can't just keep showing it to you and have everyone have all not the characters sexy. say, wow, what a sexy yeah, body that roll. Part of it too is that, that we'll see it as a lie. He's supposed to be a high school student. So what am I supposed to find attractive here? Like, it's gross. Like, why are you trying to sexualize yeah. this child in terms of the law? Yep. Like, in, in by... Yeah. Well, it's it's Glee, right. this is a problem Glee has regularly, <laughs> right? Because yeah. the actors right. are old. They're old and right. like yeah. perfectly viable sexual candidates for anyone above 18, right? But they are playing teens. Exactly. So like, yeah, and they're trying to talk about like sex stuff and like sometimes it's more banal where it's like, "Oh, if <laughs> How are we as virgins supposed to follow that? But like this, like the idea that they're trying to portray here is that Sam is very sexy to everyone. And that's what's going to like propel everyone involved with him forward. That's why they're going to win is Sam's sexual energy. I guess like they're cutting so that we don't see a lot of the stripping they're cutting so that we don't see the sexy body rolls Maybe. to make Sam less of a sexual object, but that's not how he's written. Yeah, you know? and that's like well, they're so still doing the, the, the other prop, part of this. They're still doing is it. We immediately cut because Rachel essentially <laughs> is like, "Give me a dollar," and then goes up and then goes and shoves it in Sam's g string, of course. 
Well, yeah, pants. Like no, short, she doesn't do that. Sam liner, sees her yeah. as the first no. time he sees her. He's like Rachel, and then he just takes the money. It doesn't. It's not in his pants. Well, and then it immediately cuts to them in the back room, yeah. um, talking to Sam, who is fully clothed, and he talks about how he knows this isn't quote a real job. Which immediately, I was like, Glee, what are you doing? Like, yeah. this is a real job. There are people and who also, do like, this. Why- yeah, why are you getting yourself in hot water when you don't have to? Yeah, like, why are, why are you throwing shade at these people when it wasn't yeah. even necessary? You can just be like, Sham, Sam is ashamed of the fact that he's doing this because he's uncomfortable telling his parents that he's stripping to make money. Like, it doesn't have to be that stripping isn't a real job. And he, he talks to them about how he used to work at the Dairy Queen, but he wasn't making enough money there. So he's stripping now, made $60 in 15 minutes. Not bad. Yep. Uh, and yeah, no kidding. they urge him to come back to McKinley, but first yeah. they have to talk to his parents. So they go to Sam's house. Yes. It's a, it's a home. We even get an establishing shot of them walking through a gate Ooh, to get to thank it. Thank God. Very classy. Yeah. And then we run the mom and dad uh, ex- executable <laughs> file. Well, that's, uh, yeah, his parents, like, they picked two of, like, the blandest people. The <laughs> Most generic human beings alive, but I yes. suppose that works for Sam, yeah. who is um, also generic. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just, one of my big questions about this, so essentially what happens, he tells his parents, he's like, oh, I'm going to go back with them to do sectionals, that's something I really care about, um, Finn and Rachel leave the room, because his dad asks them to, and then they kind of have like a heart-to-heart about how his mom is going to miss him. What the fuck is this? Like, is is Sam transferring yeah. back to the school? Is he, like, just there know. for sectionals? Just... Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't get yeah. this at all. It blows my mind that they showed this, like, parent-child conversation and not Santana coming out to her parents. Right? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? Like, and on top of that... It, there's like some weird tension about the fact that like his mom is going to be sad about stripping (laughs) either. Also that like they think that he's making that much over the dairy queen, but there's no way they think that because they know, like, I don't know. It's just, I just don't care. I guess the, it seems like the main reason that court Overstreet is going to be, like, you know, Sam Evans is rejoining the New Directions is because Court Overstreet still had a contract with Glee. Like, And I don't know why they sent him away. No. It doesn't really make sense to me why they did that. Also, if Sam is stripping for money for his family... Where are they going to get that money? Where's the income coming from? If he goes back to McKinley and lives in Yeah, Lima? Maggie, his little brother will have to start stripping in his place. That's how it works at strip clubs. Oh, I see. Of course. Well, you know, it's uh, it's all about the legacy. Okay, <laughs> the next scene. <laughs> Sam is coming back, and the new directions are lamenting before that happens. They're all just sitting in the choir room talking about how sad they are, about how they're going <laughs> to lose, about how, about how the band boys are ugly and won't know how to dance. Oh, yeah, that's to, to establish. We are establishing right now that the... People who we have seen in the like background band members that do like a ton of the songs are going to join the new directions so that they have enough people for sectionals. Yeah, to pet 
to pad out the <laughs> Instead members. of making that an actual plot point, which I do appreciate because that has literally been like the driving plot for two seasons in a row. They're like, why don't we just use these people that have been yeah. here the whole time? And it's like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I sort of wish there'd been a scene where these people talk. Yeah. And they're just like, I think this dancing part will be easy because all y'all do is bullshit all the time. That's well, they thing. they they still are, but they still are awkward. Oh, later definitely. In the episode. <laughs> like, I guess they probably <laughs> maybe they film something like that, and they're just like, nope, this is terrible. Yeah, well, but anyway, um, what ends up happening is Finn and Shu bring sparkling cider with specifically red Solo cups. Uh, yeah. because Sam is back and they're going to celebrate. And we've got the first song of the episode, Red Solo Cup. This is literally maybe one of the worst songs ever done. Ever. I have to <laughs> Like, agree. this song is... Okay, part of it... And, like, I don't like to say this because I don't, I, I don't think it's fair to, like, paint broad brushstrokes, but the country music genre in general mm-hmm. is so full of, like, toxic, masculine homophobic transphobic like every kind of like bad thing you can be it's just full of it and it sucks pandering garbage sam sam that's just my culture how dare you yeah well if your culture is to be hateful towards other people then like you need a new culture like it sucks this song is terrible no i agree and they say a lie in in the red solo cup song they say that after 14 years Red Solo Cups are decomposable, <laughs> which is untrue. They're made of plastic, and the half-life is much longer than that. Also, it's weird because they keep, like, the talky bits that are in the middle, and, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's very bad. it's just not a good song. It's, that's really the yes. problem, is that the song is bad. I feel like this scene could have a similar energy to Last Friday right, Night, yeah. the song that they sang a couple episodes ago, you know, because it's like a fun pump-up jam yeah. for the whole choir to sing. It doesn't, th- yeah. But... I mean, this is not that. It's not that. And maybe we're just too judgmental and we hate country music. Sorry. That's, uh, but here's the thing. If they sang, like, a Melissa Etheridge song, I'd be fine with it. Like, pick better country. Yeah. How about that? Like, I don't know. It, not all country yeah. is that bad. That's why I was trying to avoid, like, the big brushstrokes thing. But, like, there is a lot of country that has really shitty lyrics in it. And, like, pick better country rather than singing this, like, yeah. easy garbage that you're like, oh, Red Solo Cup. Everybody knows what that means. That These teenagers like to drink. Like The song was a meme. Yeah, Like, true. at that point, like, everyone knew what it was because it was either horrible and you hated it or you were listening to it every day. <laughs> because it was horrible and you hated it, but you needed it for the meme exactly. energy. Exactly. But yeah, um, <laughs> so, to to feed your meme lord yes. body, you have to consume things that just fill you with hatred, as we obviously know because we're doing this <laughs> podcast. They do some arty bowling. Oh, with yeah. the red solo cups. Well, they stack cups. I, well, I, I'm pretty well. I'm pretty well aware of the cup, yes. cup stacking game, and I they do a fine job. We don't see the cups getting stacked. Just arty going through them with puck pushing him and then everybody's like whoa (laughs) well my favorite part is that while everyone in the glee club kind of gets into this kurt does not oh yeah (laughs) kurt is confused slash frustrated the whole time uh he's wearing like a like steve jobs with a scarf (laughs) 
on top. That's a very good description. That That is actually very true. I don't know. It, it, you know, it looks like they're having fun. It's just that the song is so bad. Like, it really takes away from the scene. Which means we need to move forward. So the song ends. Santana shows up because yes. she heard that Trouty Mouth has made his appearance <laughs> yes. back. Well, so here's the, here's the thing. she has a little book of roasts. Santana roasts him very well. BT does. Like, it's very good. And Sam's response? He laughs and he hugs her because that's how you respond to someone who roasts you in real life. Exactly. Exactly. Which is the, uh, it just compounds on the problem that we were talking about before. They give us like this weird, like in Glee fashion where they cut to characters that I don't give two shits about, but they think it's increasing dramatic tension or whatever. As Santana's delivering this roast, which references things like opening pickle jars with your mouth and like shining babies' heads with your mouth or the little gay dentist from (laughs) from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, (laughs) Fixing your big uh, It cuts to both Finn and Rory having these shocked looks on their faces because you'll remember that they're the ones who got roasted in an earlier episode to which Finn's response was to out Santana publicly. And it was just like, oh, God. <laughs> Their wounded male egos can't believe that Sam is just laughing this off. Right? Yeah. It's But anyway, I do like this interaction because, like I said, it's how people react in real life to, like, a person yeah, that Yeah, it's them. cute. Sam's like, I missed you, and <laughs> yes. they hug. So, Quinn glares at Shelby <laughs> at the beginning of the next scene. She's walking through the hallway, and they, like, lock eyes, and yeah. Quinn's just like... Remember, remember, she knows the thing, or whatever. Who cares? Um, then the real scene starts. She starts yeah. talking to Sam, hitting it up. She propositions him, <laughs> like, straight yeah, up. Yeah, she also, like... What's funny about this is she references the fact that they dated last year, um, and that Mercedes has a boyfriend yes. now who could like beat Sam into yes. into nothing. So like he might as well settle. Um, and also, she yeah. thinks that Sam would be a great dad to Beth. Yeah. Okay. So the conversation starts with Quinn being like, "Have you noticed I'm supermodel thin?" Then she talks about Mercedes. Then she talks about uh, how they dated. Then she's like, "I have a big plot where I'm going to steal my baby back, and you would oh make God. a great father." What what a way to what a way to ask <laughs> someone out, you know? And Sam's just like, "No, it's got to be a no for me, dog." <laughs> the other good part honestly i do really like sam in this episode because sam then turns to her and says you know what i like to call the problems that you're facing or you know what i like to call your issues quinn white girl problems (laughs) it's like woof yeah uh finally a character speaks the truth instead of saying that uh, quinn is like disturbed or that she's doing a lot of bad things someone is just like hey your problems aren't that much of a problem right exactly you're like you're making a lot of these problems for yourself you know that right yeah Quinn? like you have to sam then talks to her about how she needs to stop wanting to grow up so bad yeah this is that she needs to hold on to 16 yeah this is where we get the jack and diane thing um quinn does say please don't sing at me right now which appreciated thank you quinn yeah, I'm. I am surprised they didn't sing a song. I mean, I'm glad oh. they didn't. Like, goddamn. Yeah, but anyway. Um, yeah. after yeah, after they already you know hit us with that red solo cup, I definitely did Melon Camp. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because Sam is Butch. Okay, he's the Butch's character out of all of them. So, so essentially, Sam's like, "Hey, Quinn, you do you. 
I'm gonna do me. Let's not like mix these storylines, okay? Then we get to a scene with characters who have very mixed storylines, seemingly only one that they share together. It's Tyke. Uh, they're discussing Mike's future. Maggie, they have the Asian storyline. Of course, because yes, Mike's dad is included within this storyline as well. Uh, so we find out that Mike has applied to Stanford to please his dad. Yeah. Uh, because his dad has, like, basically stopped talking to him and his mother completely since West Side Story. Tina is upset because she really wants him to, like, apply to schools for dance. Yes. And follow his dreams. Yeah, and she calls him a coward, which Mike is not very happy with. No. And it ends up turning into kind of fight where Mike is like, Tina's like, maybe he's right. Maybe you are, maybe you should do be a doctor because you're not brave enough to follow your dreams and mike is like maybe he's right maybe i shouldn't be dating you which is yeah it's a (laughs) a rough fight uh but it feels like their conversation doesn't feel too like disingenuous no i i i actually really like this storyline i'm not gonna lie mostly because tina and mike are both characters that haven't been blemished by like these terrible terrible plot lines (laughs) so like yeah and we know that their love is yes. magical uh, and will most likely survive. So it's not... Yeah, it's it's not the worst thing. Let's move to the next scene. The next scene. Booty camp. For realsies, because everyone has to do it this time, which is what they should have done in the first place. Which actually ends up... Essentially, the men of Glee decide that they're going to use sex appeal to win because that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So they're dancing. I think it's partly to teach the the band boys... How to oh, do sure. the dance. Uh, yeah. And they're like, we need to do something fresh. And then Blaine's like, how about we do something like this? And then he does a little <laughs> spin. And, yeah. and Will's like, oh, yeah, that was great. Everybody spin. And, <laughs> and then Sam is Sam. like, no, 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 no. We need to do this. And then he does a body roll. Um. <laughs> it's not a good body roll, though, which is said by someone in character. I think it's Blaine. He's like, that's not even a good body roll. Yeah, well, that's this scene gets so weird so fast because oh, yeah. because Sam is like, no, we have to use a little sex appeal. And then Blaine is like, I will not be for sale. And then, yeah. like, fights him. <laughs> Blaine's like, like, that's selling out, and I am not for sale. Yeah, it's just like what the fuck like sam is like well based on my experience essentially it's like based on my experience you know sex really sells and then blaine is like yeah is that what you have to tell yourself to sleep at night and it's like (laughs) is blaine like slut shaming him like that's not really sluttiness but like kind of the same concept right yeah it's pretty fucking intense i think it's like this is his anger building from how finn doesn't want to listen to him Right. Because he knows what he's doing, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> which, which is what he said at the coffee shop. Because uh, his complaint is that he's like, people th- treat me like I don't know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> very, uh, very demon trying to just, you know, make his way in the big wide world. So, yeah. Uh, when they turn down his little spin, he he really just throws a fit. He can't help it. <laughs> Well, and to be fair, now that you bring that up, I can see the connection where, like, 
Finn was like, you know, we really need a star power. So I'm going to go get Sam Evans. Not not rely on Blaine, the person who is literally a star that we already have. Who is literally a shining star so bright I have to wear sunglasses around him all the time. Right. No, we're going to go find Sam. And so then the, like, you know epitome of this is that sam is like no your move your move reads boy band which well we'll come back to that oh don't worry (laughs) but like he's like your move reads boy band we need sexy and like blaine's like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh his angst is real and he ends up leaving the choir room in like a huff like he storms out and then we go to uh i guess it's the gym slash locker room area like the weights area of yeah uh the mckinley gym and he's dressed in his little boxer outfit oh my god yeah he has like a wife beater on <laughs> and then a, like a gray hoodie on top and yeah uh, yeah he's got the gloves and he's doing some punching yeah well he's he's so he's punching a bag so and also cute. I never realized how terrible a term that is for that shirt. He's wearing a white tank top. Yeah, it's a white tank top. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, he's punching a bag. And then Finn walks in and is like, hey, you punching? And he's, or no, he's <laughs> like, just like, yeah, I'm punching. Well, the best part is he's like, uh, you, you punching anyone there or something like that? And it's like, I forget how oh, this comes it, up. But he's, he's, he's like, are you visualizing? visualizing someone's face on that punching bag and blaine's like yeah yours well yeah blaine's and like sam's. yeah sam and you <laughs> just like finn looks like aghast and he's like and then blaine is like don't look surprised you're an asshole like yeah and he talks about how he became a boxer to vent his aggression and how he started dalton fight club yes which you <laughs> can't talk about i can't talk about Yes. Uh, and then they, I guess, have an honest conversation. It's mostly just, like, Finn saying shit and then Blaine being like, oh, I forgive you. Yeah, well, so, essentially, Blaine kind of forces Finn to admit that he was threatened by Blaine's star power. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Finn does admit that he's jealous here. Yep. However, we know that it's it's it is true that he's jealous, but... It's not for the exact reasons that Finn is saying. He might think it's those reasons, but it's a lot of reasons. Uh, yes. He's threatened, just... by, he's threatened by Blaine's power. He's threatened that, by the fact that Blaine is very short and can yes. dance. Basically yes. the opposite of Finn. Pretty much. Um, he also does apologize to Blaine, which is nice, I guess. Um, but uh, then we get into this idea Finn tells Blaine that they need to work together because this is going to be quote, an opportunity to be remembered at an opportunity to be remembered at the school for the rest of our lives. Because that, okay. Nobody gives a shit. Everyone hates you. Why would they give a shit? Every time that they go down that fucking plot line where it's like, we're going to be, we're going to be legends. We're going to be remembered forever. (laughs) Like, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Will Will won nationals for choir, and, and what is he doing? He's trying to do it again because nobody remembers it the first time he did it. Like, <laughs> yeah, and not yeah. just that. like it's so sports metaphor y. Like you would see that speech in a sports movie, right? Exactly, without question. It's, and they can't apply it here. It doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. Which anyway, it 
the the gist of what happens is that they kind of are like, okay, we need to team up, to, you know, like <laughs> work together to get this to go or whatever. And it's just like, man, they do, they do fist bump at the end. Yeah, uh, I wish Blaine would are, just they're men. reject him though. Well, Blaine would, right? Yeah, but the story can't let him because everyone right. has to love Finn. Right, exactly. There's there's a weird overwhelming power at McKinley to love Finn Hudson in spite of all of his multitude of flaws. And it's there just is, like, though. oh my yeah. God, what if Rachel's under a spell? <laughs> Cast by an evil witch. Of no, course, no, no, no. Carol's a witch. Yeah, so that's where this scene ends. Let's move to uh, the summer fling conversation. Yeah, Sam comes up to Mercedes in the hallway and just starts holding her hand. And he's like hey and she's just uh sort of like hey uh, don't hold my hand thanks i have a big beefy boyfriend who will beat <laughs> he'll beat you the up. he'll beat the crap out of you we we get we get essentially affirmation that there was a relationship between sam and mercedes last summer and he um, wants her back and he wants her back and mercedes is like well i have a boyfriend now and she kind of like walks off and sam is like i'll fight to get you in front of everyone it's just very tropey um yep yeah. Which, I, I don't know, I think it it can sort of be read as if it's these two characters playing into the trope. I mean, who cares? Like, <laughs> consciously, but yeah, who gives a shit? So, Tina talks to Mr. Chang in the next scene. We're actually yes. not at McKinley this time. Amazing. We're at well, some unna- unknown location. Seems to be Mr. Chang's office. I was going to say, you don't know that for sure. Maybe Mr. Chang's office isn't McKenzie. <laughs> she brings uh, him a copy of West Side Story, like a DVD of a, of a film of it. She basically has this whole speech yeah. uh, where Mr. Chang asks her if she wants to be a performer as well. And she says yes. And she knows it's going to be hard, but like it's her life's path. And she knows she wants to follow it. And no. she urges him to follow to honor his son's gift. And then Mr. Chang tells her to take this DVD and get out of his office because is it racist to like emphasize like honor for Asian characters? Um, I don't think it's necessarily racist. Mostly because I think that's hmm. I mean, I guess they haven't really. I was gonna say I think it's part of like part of the storyline already. But maybe I'm just like in my mind adding that yeah and like that's what glee is relying on is this idea that like oh you know obviously the reason why he wants him to be a doctor is because of honor or whatever um i don't know that's a good point it's eh. weird though right like yeah i i get that the honor your son's gift is like a pretty good line to close the scene but yeah. tina phrases it first uh as you're always talking about honor mr chang why don't you honor your son's gift yeah what was the last time he talked about honor when i don't the fuck know has he talked about honor i don't think he ever has well he talked about getting honor do you know what i mean you got it you get it no. get getting honor no okay anyway uh, oh um... oh no <laughs> no mr Ch- mr chang is a very stand-up dude he would not make a sex joke how dare you but anyway, I do have to say, though, that I do really like the speech that Tina gives um, about how it's her life stream and how she's heard all the jokes about how, like, she won't have very many opportunities, but, like, it's yeah. what her passion is. I liked it. I thought it was good. So Yeah, I mean, that's that's supposed to be one of the general theses of the show, right? Is yeah. that even if you don't 
think it'll be easy if you have a certain path that you know you have to follow, follow it. Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, that's, yeah. So we'll, we'll be coming back to this. But uh, before that, we get to warming up for Yay, sectionals. It's finally the night of sectionals. They are being held at McKinley High for the first time since 1963. Don't know how that's physically possible, but whatever. Whatever. Uh, Blaine and Finn are prepping the band boys, uh, basically saying, hey, if you don't know the lyrics, just look like you do and smile a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we see Mike and Tina fighting. Mike comes up to Tina and is like, I can't believe you talked to my dad. This is really bad. He barely let me come tonight. I do. I actually kind of like this conversation, too, because Mike is like, I'm really angry with you for what you did. And Tina's like, well, I'm really angry with you for being such a coward and yep. it's like yeah <laughs> which yeah i don't know it's interesting i think their relationship dynamic is good like they're i bo- think so too i think tina's really good for mike so. yeah mike just mike just uh wants to please his dad or whatever and is having a lot of trouble a lot of problems with that because there's a lot of conflict in his household but him and tina their fighting never gets all that malicious it's always no. just them t- saying i'm upset that you're doing this not yes. like you are a bad person. No, it's very good communication skills. I, I will. I yeah. Tina is making it very clear that she's like, I want you to value yourself more than your dad. And then Mike is like, but I value my dad's and my relationship a lot. So yep. Yeah. So the trouble tones show up to the choir room. They are wearing their, I don't know, choir garb. silver. Yeah, silver dresses. They're... Oh, we should talk about New Directions. They're wearing these, like, white suits. Yes, white suits with black pants, and the girls are wearing, like, black tulle skirts with white yeah. blazers. Yeah. Uh, the Trouble Tones are in, like, silver dresses. That... sequin dresses, yeah. They're not even sequin, but the... I don't know. It The fabric is weird. The dresses are fine, but they have, like, a bubble hem so that whenever they spin, yeah. they inflate, like, bubbles. Or when they jump, they inflate like bubbles, too. I noticed that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So they, they've they come to New Directions with an offer. If they right. win uh, sectionals, they offer to bring anyone they want who wants to come to regionals. Which immediately, Finn calls this rude? Yeah, he's like, that's super rude. And, and Will's just got like a real big yucky face on, like, <laughs> how dare you? Which I don't really understand those reactions. Yeah. No, this... it's essentially it seems like they're offended by the fact that like Trouble Tones is assuming they're going to win. But the thing is, like, aren't they also assuming yeah. that they're no? Well, the thing is, they're threatened. So they're not assuming they're going to win. They, they think that there is actually a legitimate chance that they will not win because the Trouble Tones are so good. Yeah. In which case, it's just like, why wouldn't you just be like, and the same to you? Exactly. Right. Like, isn't it more like intimidating to be like, oh, yeah, we have that offer as well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's it mostly comes off as them being shitty, which makes yeah, sense cuz Finn comes and Stu were shitty. Just hating Santana some more. <laughs> right, exactly. Which that's that is one of the things we're, we'll get to later. Never mind. I'll I'll hold that for later. Um yeah, but yeah, so Quinn uses intimidate and it's super effective on Shelby. <laughs> yes. Because she's like we're going to win anyway. I already know. Because because we have Puck as our, like, shining star or whatever. And Shelby's <laughs> yeah. just like, ooh. Yeah, Puck yeah. is just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this, uh, this person who I called crazy last week is planning something because I shared a very intimate secret with her. I'm an idiot. 
He is an idiot. But so after this, we move to the competition and we get introduced to the judges who are random people as always there's less focus this time on the judges i feel like in the past they made like a big deal of like this is who this judge is yeah tried to make like big jokes about it was a joke this time the only real joke judge is jimmy the clown who was like the best (laughs) clown in ohio or something and the reason why it's funny is that we get a shot of the trouble tones with sugar screaming jimmy yes (laughs) Well, and he's also wearing a red clown nose the entire time, even though he's yeah. in a regular-looking suit. So He doesn't tell good jokes or anything, though, so... No. The unitards. Yeah, yes. the unitards are up first. <laughs> They're performing yes. Buenos Aires from Evita. And guess yep. what? It's the Gerber baby. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what her name is, but it's yeah, essentially... It was one of the... Name? I want to say it's the Rachel clone. Holly, maybe? No, that can't be right. I think that's right because Holly Holiday exists. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, she she essentially she was one of the runners up in the Glee Project. This is her second appearance, as is tradition for the runners up of the Glee Project. Um, It's not even tradition because they never had the show again. Well, that's uh, by by the rules of the (laughs) yeah of the the Glee Glee Project. Project. She is contractually obligated to show up at least twice. Yes. Um. It's it's in very typical vocal adrenaline style where they have one really good singer and all the rest kind of dance around her. But it's really good, actually. I think it's a pretty good performance. She is almost perfectly stationary for, I don't know, I'd say about 30% of the number. Uh, but there is great dancing with like the, the, there's like a bunch of dudes who all dance around her and like a gentleman prefer blonde sort of style. It's fine. I mean, it's good. I think it's a really good performance. Say the problem with the Unotards as a story element is that they throw a wrench into the idea that it's only two choirs competing uh because they're too good they're too good for the for the story to keep working that's true and uh one of my theories about this is that the unitards only performs one song and maybe that's all they perform yeah (laughs) maybe maybe the new directions cracked code Spoiler alert, the New Direction is going to perform three songs. So, like, maybe they sprack, they, they kind of, like, crack the code here and are like, mm-hmm. oh, if we perform more songs, then the judges have more. Then we have to win. Exactly. Um, this, isn't, yeah. this isn't Glee being lazy and having so much fucking dialogue and story that is unnecessary during this, per, like, performance-based episode of the show. Let's only do one song. We only need to do the one. We are the Unitards. We're going to do great. (laughs) I mean, we find out later that the lead singer here is a sophomore, so she's not too devastated by it. the baby is a sophomore. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's good. Um, Kurt and Rachel mouth the words in the audience because they both love Evita, as we have already established throughout the show. More Shelby. Yeah, Quinn and yeah. Shelby have another confrontation as they... Well, before that even, Rachel Oh, oh, I meant Quinn. Quinn and Rachel. That's, yes, the Quinn and Shelby thing is coming. We have another Quinn and Rachel talk here where Quinn is on her way. She is determinedly walking somewhere. I guess Figgins yeah. is here. Who knows? Rachel stops her and is like, hey, listen, I don't think what you're doing is right, but you should tell Shelby first because that's the adult thing to do. And we get a close-up of Rachel's face as she says the adult thing to do. Did you notice that? Like, it was a really close-in shot. Yeah, it's weird. This whole scene is is weird. weird. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm... 
the th- okay so rachel admits that shell the shelby and puck thing is bad like she's like yep that's really bad but if you tell you're going to be ruining beth's life yeah which <laughs> yeah earlier in this episode that well or is this the part where Rachel tells her that and Quinn is like, and then I'll be right there when social services takes Beth away. And it's like, no, Quinn, that's not how it works. Yeah. That's not how this works. Um, but uh, it's just like, I don't know. It, Rachel, the, the weird part is that Rachel says specifically, she knows what it's like. She got a taste of what it feels like to do the wrong thing. So she's trying <laughs> to prevent Quinn from getting that. And she's talking about stuffing the ballot box. Yeah. <laughs> She's yes. not talking about sending someone to a crack house. She's not talking about uh, making somebody lose their job by claiming that they had sexual contact with a student. No. She's talking about stuffing the ballot box for a student no. election. Sam, Sam, did you catch that? Because I was talking about the previous choir director. No, I know. Rachel's done a lot of really shitty things. And for yeah. some reason... For some reason, this last one that has been the most inconsequential is the one that she is like, yeah, it's, so it's Rachel's by. rock bottom. <laughs> like this, this is it. Like being suspended for putting paper in a box. Well, Maggie, maybe it's because the sending sunshine to a crack house or getting Sandy fired aren't Isn't showing up her. on a permanent record. Yeah, yeah, they're not on her Niata application. Exactly. So, Shelby and Quinn. Quinn goes to Shelby, tells her what she's going to do because she was convinced by Rachel that it is indeed the adult thing to do. Uh, Shelby is then like, great, well, I guess I'm not going to be a teacher anymore. Uh, I'm going to go enjoy those last few hours. But first, let me talk to you about aging and death. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's uh, what's funny about this is Shelby tells Quinn that she's not going to be young forever, which I was like, is that supposed to be like a threat? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, it's she makes a little joke about how uh Shelby does that she thought that sleeping with an 18-year-old would make her feel young again, um but it just made her feel older. Quinn does not laugh. Quinn no. does not laugh at that little joke, <laughs> but I did. It was funny. Um yeah, it's weird. It's a real weird conversation to have with yeah, a fucking well, the, student. Yeah, the, ba- the basis of it is that it's just Shelby telling Quinn to hold on to 16 as long as she can. So the next scene is finally the Trouble Tones. We are back in the auditorium and they are performing a mashup of Survivor and I Will Survive. Because even the Trouble Tones can only have one song, but they'll right. trick you with two. Yeah, it's uh, it's so good. Like, honestly, this performance is amazing. The choreography is. is so good. The like the bubble dresses really play a part because they do a lot of jumping and yeah, like spinning those bubble and dresses stuff. are like the epitome of 2011 fashion. Yes. Right there. Um, my biggest complaint is that they keep doing cutaways to fucking Finn. Yeah, like the bit where like Finn is talking to Blaine mid performance, being like, huh, "We got this, right?" Yeah, and Blaine's just like, "Yeah, bro," and then they, and they fist, bump. fist bump. Yeah, fuck you, Finn. Fuck you. I want to watch the Trouble Tones perform. That's what I'm here for. Yep. So it's Santana and Mercedes on lead. And yep. there's a lot of hand geometry in the choreography. And it's all <laughs> oh great. They yes. end up on the ground. Well, my favorite part is that Sugar Mata does the uh, what's. I yes. Think the... 
<laughs> like specifically sugar because she can't sing and it's much more of a spoken word bit. Um, it's very good. Yeah, I uh, thought I thought the whole performance was very cute. Yes, it is very good. So yes. that's the trouble tones, and they are very happy with their performance. We get a shot of Santana looking at Sugar while they're out of breath and they're happy. Okay, the next scene is the New Directions performing. They yes. do a Jackson medley. So first it's yeah. ABC by the Jackson 5, Control by Janet Jackson, and then Man in the Mirror by MJ himself. ABC, Tina leads with Kurt, Mike, and Quinn all having yeah. kind of like featured roles. Uh, Control, Quinn does the spoken word bit at the very beginning. Blaine leads it with Artie for the most part. And then Man in the Mirror has kind of Finn, Artie, Puck, Blaine, and Sam all have some leading bits. So the show had to cripple itself by taking Rachel out of the right. sectionals to make sectionals interesting. Like exactly. they had to do that so that they didn't give Rachel every solo. Even yeah. though that's not like absolutely necessary for the plot. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like they no, didn't have to yeah. suspend Rachel. They just didn't have to give her every si- single fucking solo. Right, but the problem is that they've established that Shu literally favors yeah. Rachel for everything. That like he, he can't do something else. Because right. he did that for last sectionals. Which and they won. He thought it was it was over. It's done. Now I can just have Finn and Rachel sing all the time. Right. I was thinking that too. It's interesting because like ABC is led by Tina and like it's really it's good. It's great. It's a, it's it's a so very good. good song. Yeah. And um, Kurt yeah. joins in for bits. So does Mike, like you said. Uh, there's the bit where Kurt leapfrogs over someone. Yes. Yeah. Like, full spread leg jump. It's so fun. Tina is adorable. And yes. Mike's dad arrives during yes, and this song, I guess. Yeah. There's some weird cinematography where, like, things go slow-mo when oh, Mike yeah, realizes there's like, that his dad is It's like a slow, like a slow, uh, like a held shot where everything sort of slows down for maybe, like, a second or two uh, yeah. when Mike realizes that his dad is there. I think it's a good way to illustrate that that's happening. Uh, yeah. And that it's characters just, yeah. are acknowledging that. And we know that there's like an emotional weight to his dad seeing him perform. So I like it. Um, I think it's like a, a, I wouldn't say it's innovative or anything, but it's very <laughs> concise visual language. Yeah. My only problem is that it's during a song. Sure. <laughs> so like, it doesn't really fit. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, in general, the choreography here, like as it was with the trouble tones, is also very good. Like, it's weird because yeah, it's they, not they usually shove, that good. But, they shove yeah. Finn in the back for most of it, which is probably why it looks so r- all right. Uh, <laughs> Control has... Okay, so Control's choreography is definitely more advanced than yeah. ABC's. Uh, and they have... the Most of the shots where we're seeing choreography are people who can dance. We right, don't exactly, really see much yeah. of the wide of yeah. that song. Yeah, no, that's true. My my other note about control specifically is that none of the people on stage are black. No. Yeah, you're right. Like, which really, like, I'm not, I mean, obviously R&B is a expansive music genre. People of all colors, all ethnicities can, you know, participate. But, like, this is Janet Jackson. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, it, it was... It was striking me that they decided to do the Jackson, like, like the Jackson uh, medley when Mercedes 
our unfortunately token black character is not in the Glee Club. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, we know that there's a Michael Jackson episode coming up. Oh, that's true. Yeah, too. yeah. So well, maybe they, yeah. these were like the rejects from that episode. <laughs> well, it's unfortunate because Man in the Mirror is a very good song. Yeah. But they do it in the most boy bands style possible with it's these like, like shitty spotlights. And yeah, it's just like, fuck it's you. Not, okay. It's Glee has done this a couple times already. First and foremost, with the uh, the uh, what's their what's their face the 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 boy band that Will was in. Yeah, exactly. The Acapellas. The Acapellas. Yes, the Acapellas did it, and then they did it for the uh, Justin Bieber experience. Yep. I I don't think it's a listen. I'm not opposed to like the sort of like spotlight trope thing, uh, and I don't think they are they don't have to stop doing it uh so i don't know i i don't, I don't know why you well my, my big issue is that earlier in the episode blaine did that like little spin or whatever and they were and sam was like that's two boy bands then they and do like, the spin they do but, the spin yeah. though exactly like <laughs> and they do this boy band lighting like what the fuck and also i mean obviously part of it is that finn has like a big solo in this song and i'm just like no thank you yeah like it, leave well, michael jackson alone they can't have blaine do the main solo because he no. just did control uh Artie does have a pretty big part though and Artie's the one who sounds the most like michael jackson so that's true they usually use Artie when it comes to like black artists um, <laughs> yeah uh, is, we get some yeah. shots of will in the wings during, I fucking hate this. Like <laughs> during the entire performance, mostly during control when they're doing like the hard choreography, we get a shot of Will like sort of like doing uh, like well, subtle moves. Maggie, it's because they can't trust the actors to adequately do the choreography. Yep. So. Well, they didn't they just didn't have that many good takes. <laughs> right, exactly. Um but yeah, I mean, in general, it's not a bad performance. It's no. just like the I inevitable think it's, conclusion I think it's is fine, and I think the song choice is definitely better than what they've had before. True, uh, yeah. Because Jack, like these Jackson songs, are a little bit more evergreen than oh, yeah. I don't know, fucking Journey. Yeah, you know? no, no kidding. Yeah, ABC especially is like really good. I really like it. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, the musician boys, the ones that are like the guitarist and the drummer and the trombone player yeah um, that were all yeah uh they're very awkward in dancing like they're (laughs) very stiff which is pretty funny but i think that's part of the joke exactly maybe they told them to be stiff so the new directions are celebrating after their performance in the choir room they're just like yeah we did it and they're hugging and everything uh mr chang comes in and talks to and like brings Tyke somewhere else, like out so, like a hall. balcony somewhere, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, and they uh, they talk about how his heart has been changed and how he wants Mike to follow his path. Yes, well, he he looked he took a look at the man in the mirror, Maggie. Yeah, and he asked and him to change his ways. Exactly, um, but yeah, so he kind of gives them his blessing to like live this artist lifestyle. Uh, Mike is like, "Oh no, I missed the deadline for applying to dance schools." And, and then Tina's Tina like, reveals her fraud. Yeah, Tina's like, "I committed a crime and forged your signature in order to apply to dance school for you. Aren't you happy now?" And, and Mike Mike's is just like, like, "I love you. <laughs> I love you and the crimes that you committed. Thank you so much." Whatever. I, um, I don't like. No, I know. We. I just like that we hammer home whenever anyone is like 
because we're narcs, Maggie. I, I yelled at my TV earlier when I was taking mm. notes. I was like, I'm the cops. I'm here to get you, Tina. <laughs> that's when, no, that's when Mr. Chang pulls out his badge. And he's like, I've been a cop this whole time. I'm taking you to jail. Fraud. How good would it have been, though, if Mike pulled out his badge and was like, I love you, but that was a crime and I'm a cop, so. <laughs> I love you, but I've been a narc this whole time. That's why I look like I'm 30. <laughs> what if they're all narcs? What if this show is oh, just a group of Oh, my of God. <laughs> what if pre- it is? <laughs> they're all pretending to be high school students, and yes. they all feel awkward about it. So they're yes. all part of the Glee Club because it's like the natural haven for all these oddballs. Yeah, and they all are banding together. It's sort of like that that uh, old reality show where I think it was called like Joe Schmo or something. But uh, like you go on the – I don't know. It's like – I was The Mole? The mole. That's it. Yeah, I yeah. think that's it. Where, where, where like one person is like the mole, and they have to try to figure out who it is. But guess what? Everyone's the Everyone's mole. The... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be such a good reality show. Oh my god! Wait, and it's just uh, people trying to be like, "Are you the mole?" Are... Wink. <laughs> are Are you the mole? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but... Okay. So, uh, Tyke is following their dreams. With the yes. full support of all of the Changs. So every last one of them. That's right. So, yeah. We so get, to, we get the to the awards. Awards. Yeah. Where uh, the Unitards are pumped about winning third. Yep. Super <laughs> pumped. And the Gerber baby, Kurt pulls her aside and is like, I thought you did a really great job. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm just a sophomore. Next year's going to be a bloodbath. And then she walks away. <laughs> With a big smile on her face. So And dead. Kurt looks like afraid. Like, yeah. He's just like, oh. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we quickly run through second place, which is the Trouble Tones. Um, yep. Which then they immediately go, oh, that means the winner is New Directions. Ha ha ha. Because it has to be. Because the show won't work if New Directions doesn't win for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. And then Will. So Will's like got the trophy. And there's a slow-mo moment where he's mouthing all for you, baby. And then he points to Emma. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Who gives a shit? In the audience. I know, right? Like, this is the only thing we've really seen from Will all episode, except for, I guess there's the talk he has with Finn at the beginning, which is really short. And then there's the uh, Will on the Wings, Well, you know, stage mom dancing to the uh, choreography. There is the moment when during the Unitard's performance, he like Emma leans over at him and is like, "Whoa!" And didn't Will's account like, for that, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, it doesn't matter anyway because New Directions has to win for the plot to go forward. Yeah. God. Well, what ends up happening with this scene is after that slow mo moment, um, we see that the trouble tones—they don't move. They're all just like silent and still, and then everything else disappears. And, like, the lights on the stage, like, we, we yeah. pan around the trouble tones, and the lights on the stage, like, turn off on yeah, them. Yeah, it's so weird. It's very symbolic of, I guess, their depression now that they've lost. Yeah, it's sort of similar to that Mercedes moment after booty camp when oh, she left the New yeah. Directions. I don't yeah. know. No, that's true. So, some overall things I, ha- I want to say about the performances. Um, Glee's a big liar because yes. the trouble tones did better partly because i i believe the trouble tones performance a bit more they sound like a full choir because like it's all these 
like I, I, I can suspend my disbelief because it looks like they're all singing. They're all mouthing the words, whatever. Yeah. Uh, with the tro- with the new directions, so many times that we get like big full sound, we're looking at the characters from behind them. Yeah. Uh, so- well, that's that was one of the things is when they sing "Man in the Mirror," they do this thing with the boy band where they have like the spotlights on the five dudes that are all singing mm-hmm. this, and then they like break into like this big choral bit where like. All of the people are but singing. But where's the sound coming from? There's just well, not that many people. Well, that and also, it sounds like there are so many female voices. But there aren't. In that choir, but there are only two. It's dudes. It's all yeah. dudes. It's a big sausage fest. It's big hog hog wild. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I agree. I think, like, it's weird. And Glee, ha- like, for some reason, has backed itself into this corner where new directions has to win in order for the plot to go forward so there's Um, no tension like Like, there's no no tension for the whole episode because even though we know that the trouble tones are good we know that they're not gonna win right which also like honestly maybe it's sexism like fuck you glee like like the trouble tones were great and and uh, we already know that shelby's on her way out right Right. exactly that's part of it they've constructed like at least two plot lines to get her out of here soon right yeah that's true um but yeah so i mean you could see it coming from a mile away but it doesn't make me any less angry about the fact that like it was so staged yeah like yeah so quinn and rachel are having their last convo of the episode here they talk about being kind of friends uh in the i guess atrium to figgins office yeah it's where his secretary is it's like a weird room that has two glass walls like, where one of them is Figgins' office, the other is the hallway. Yep. Whatever. It. Yeah. Rachel is coming out because she just, like, talked about her suspension or something. Yeah, and it was then... her suspension debrief. She's back at school now. Quinn shows up, and Rachel's like, oh, are you here to, like, tell on Shelby? And Quinn's like, no, actually, I'm here to talk to you. Um, I wanted to thank you for preventing me from doing something really stupid, which would have ruined Beth's life. Um, and Rachel's like, hey, that's what I'm here for, I guess, because we're kind of friends. Yep. Which, yeah. They then, then have then a we, very, yeah, friendly conversation. That's nice. Yeah, then we find out that Quinn is going to Yale uh, because... Or thinking about it, at least. Well, yeah. she's thinking about it, but of, it means the character's going. <laughs> like, right. That's true. That's a good point. Because yeah. the word was said, and, like, we know that... Uh, like, Glee all does what little, it wants. Yeah. Yeah. So Quinn is going to Yale. There you go. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And so then we get at the end of the scene, Quinn is, uh, Rachel's like, well, I could help you with your Yale application because she seems to think that like all college applications are like Niata, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, Quinn is like, well, I don't need help with that. But there is something else I could use from you. And then and we don't find out yeah. what that is. Then yeah. we cut to the next scene, which is Quinn talking to Mercedes, Santana, and Brittany in the girls' bathroom to yes. negotiate peace and invite them to come back. Uh, yes, because the New Directions needs them in order to actually do well. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Glee. New Directions should not have won. They yep. lost three of their biggest stars. Fuck you. And like, we already knew that the Trouble Tones were going to let them join the choir. Like Exactly. Like, because, oh, apparently, is this super rude? Like, fuck you, Shoe. I fuck guess, you, I Finn. I guess the New Direction, like, brand <laughs> yeah, needs to whatever. be upheld for Glee to, like, have consistency, I guess. Fuck you. New Directions yeah. is stupid anyway. It's a dumb choir name. Trouble Tones is better. 
But yeah, so essentially, um, the Trouble Tones at the beginning of the scene are kind of like discussing their loss and how bullshit it is. And then Quinn arrives, extends this olive branch to say, hey, come on back. We need more ladies. And And Mercedes uh, is just like, I know what it's like to be in the front. So I don't know if I can really do it again. Like go back to the garbage. (laughs) And Quinn promises that there won't be garbage. Well, there'll be garbage, but there'll be less garbage because she says that um, what if you, what if uh, Shu and Rachel both agreed that you could all like the trouble tones. The will trouble get to tones do would have a number, a number at each competition, um, which Santana says. Well, there's no way in hell that that's going to happen. And Quinn's like, well, they already agreed to it. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> then she invites them to the celebratory auditorium number, which they have after every sectionals. Yes. Well, and she also talks about how she wants them to come back because she wants them when they are 87 years old to look back on this time and think about how these like four months or whatever were the best months of their life um, yeah, which well, seems really sad. It that is sad. I, I, Quinn is just she's come she's really come around on yeah. like her whole situation because yeah. she had two people tell her to embrace being young. She has right. completely changed her mindset exactly, uh, and is now wanting to be young, experience her senior year to the fullest, and go to Yale. Yeah, whatever. I mean, honestly, I like this Quinn more than I like the Quinn that is plotting to get Beth back through some contrived, yeah, weird, same. disgusting I, plot. I, I so. absolutely love this Quinn better, too. Um, but it's just sort of weird. Yeah, no kidding. That it's so sudden. <laughs> then the final song is We Are Young by Fun, sang Ugh. by Finn and Rachel with a smattering Ugh. of others. Ugh. The, it's... Taking this song out of its original like style as context really points out about how it's uh, about beating somebody up. I was going to say, yeah, I, I put down, they lead We Are Young, which is a song that celebrates abuse. So thank yeah. you for that. I don't know. I if mean, it, like, I, I don't know if it celebrates abuse. Well, it, it like tries to, it I don't men- know. It feels like it plays into that idea of like, oh, I'll get better. Like, yeah, I'll be that, better in the future. I'm just beating you up because I'm young and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Like, cool. the, the, I will say that there is some aspects of the song that like play well for this idea that like essentially what happens, New Directions is singing this and then the Trouble Tones, which include Sugar. It's a Mercedes, Britney, Santana and Sugar Mata. Of course. Sugar has um, to Sugar these are her friends. Don't yes. take this away from her. No, I'm not taking away from her. I just think it's great that she is included. Um but they arrive and then there's kind of like a back and forth with the yeah, song. Yeah, the part where uh they have like a big gap between the two groups and they're just sort of singing at each other and like Blaine has reached his entire body out to- towards them like Yes. <laughs> it's very good (laughs) yes well so and it's nice because like there's some stuff about like carry me home tonight which means that like then their new directions members come over and like carry them over yeah bring them over um it's nice but the part where finn is uh doing the beginning bit where he's like there's some sunglasses talking about a scar i know i gave it to you months ago yeah that's like rachel uh, berry is just sort of like 
<laughs> exactly. Well, that's that's one of my things about this is by the end of it, like Rachel essentially like Santana, whatever they're trying. I, I don't know what exactly they're trying to say here, but like Santana's the last one standing by herself. Yeah. And Rachel comes and pulls her over and then she like hugs Rachel and then she hugs Finn. And then there's like a lot of like her physically contacting Finn in like what seems to be a positive manner, which I don't agree with because I think that Finn has ruined her life and it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the the only consolation I have is that in reality, I'm sure that all of these actors are friends. Yeah. And I'm sure that all of these people are actually friends. They're all working on the show together. They're all actually friends. So, like, it explains why they can all be so, like, you know, friendly well, to each other. But that's what yeah. we see every time that New Direction right. sings together, right? It's not yeah. the characters interacting, but, like, these people who are obviously friends having a good time singing singing together. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I mean... <sighs> Overall, it's not a bad number. It's just like when you think of 2011, like god damn it, this song, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck. It's like a time capsule of being like, "Oh, right. This was a song." Yeah, like, and like it was like a it was like a revelation. Like people were there was like uh I don't know, some Huffpo article being like, "Oh, we are young is <laughs> actually about abuse." And people were like, "What?" Even though yeah. the the lyrics are so Parent, <laughs> exactly which is yeah. only only heightened when you take it out of its context and it's like these teens singing it to each other right yeah oh god glee so <laughs> we're gonna get to the podcast business right now yes podcast business nice thank you but it's a metaphor and metaphors are important gold stars are important because gold, gold stars, stars are, are a metaphor for me being, being a star, star. First up is gold stars. We give a gold yes. star to a character every single week uh, because not just Rachel do. Berry yeah. deserves them. Agreed. Well, sometimes she deserves them too, but like it's true. Not just her. Yeah. Yep. So, do you want to go first with who? You yeah, give your sure. Gold star to? I'll go first. I am giving my gold star to Quinn. Ooh, this episode. interesting. With her turn of with her turn of face. Yeah, the the turn face is not the best part of her performance, I think. I think the best part is um like her active hatred of Shelby every time she sees her on screen. <laughs> sure. I, I she think... does do a very good job of like directly intimidating Shelby in yeah. every chance she gets. So Absolutely. Yeah. Uh That's fair. and yeah. I like her direction as a character. I like where yeah. she's going. So even though it w- it's like an abrupt turn, it's a good direction to be going in. Away Agreed. from all the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> she's like a phoenix. She has burnt yes. all of the garbage behind her and is now flying flying in the correct direction. Um, Yeah, I'm going to give my gold star to Tina. Tina! I like Tina. In That's this a great episode. one, also because uh, she goes and confronts Mr. Chang. Yep, stands up and for Mike even when he doesn't want to. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Is I just like honestly the scene, the Chang a Chang scene, which sounds much more racist mm. when I say it out loud. I feel bad. I meant like mano a mano, but like yeah, yeah. Well, because her last name is Tina Cohen Chang. Yeah, anyway. they both have the last name Chang, which is not our fault. It's the show. Yeah, but so, anyway, like, in that scene, the speech she gives about, like, how passionate she is about her direction in life was really good. Like, I just, I don't know. It made I think me feel so, good. too. Like, it's fun to watch. So, I, I like think, that. Yeah, yeah. I think a honorable mention is Angry Blaine. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Mostly because the Fight Club, honestly. Yeah, like, the the mention of the Dalton Fight Club, just him being like so angsty, and I know what I'm doing. I hate you, Finn. Yes. Um. Yeah. I think there's also like if we wanted to like I mean. The problem is that some of the characters don't have very, like, big roles in this episode. But, like, mm-hmm. Santana's, like, her little, like, roast of Sam is That's very cute. good. Um, Kurt's, like, com- like heated, like, antagonistic conversation with Sebastian is also very oh, good. That one, like, is r- that one is amazing. <laughs> like, there's like a lot of, much. like... I don't like your meerkat face. I don't like your CW haircut. <laughs> but like i just like it's like peppered through the episode like these great little moments um for some of the characters so i think it's yeah it's let's let's keep moving then um best number we picked the best number of the episode it's pretty self-explanatory so um, our choices are red solo cup that's not even a choice let's let's not kill ourselves <laughs> buenos aires by the yep. unitards survivor slash i will survive mashup by the trouble mm-hmm. tones and then uh, the three songs from the Jackson medley, ABC, Control, and Man in the Mirror. Well, and also We Are Young. Oh, yep. And that one at the end, of course. By fun yep. with a period. <laughs> yes. What? You know, what why are you laughing at that? I don't know. Also, period. Um, yeah, but period. Like... <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, Maggie, what, what do you think was the best number of the episode? <sighs> That's a good question, right? Yeah. I... I like ABC a lot from Mm -hmm. the Jackson medley. Uh, And I think Survivor slash I Will Survive is very good, but it can't really hold a candle to the last Trouble Tones number we saw. That's true. The Adele mashup. Yeah. I think I am going to go for Survivor I Will Survive, though. Okay. Yeah, I also picked Survivor I Will Survive with a a shout out, an honorable mention to ABC. Well, there we go. Yeah, it's it's very good. Both of those numbers are very, very good. The problem is the rest of the numbers in the episode somewhat pale in comparison, especially Red Solo Cup. But, like, Control, I feel like Control could have been very good, but it just it's it's If anything, there. it sort of feels, like, unrehearsed. Exactly. Which is like, a first for Glee, right? Like, this is the yeah. first time we've seen something that, like, I could be like, they could use a couple more days <laughs> on that one, I think. Yeah. Um, and, like, Man in the Mirror is fine, but, like, I just don't like the fact that they highlighted yeah. all these male voices in it, I guess. like, Well, they have to, because they only yeah. have dudes. That's which true. Which is a reason to not like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that leads us into our final piece of podcast business, which is, of course, the slushy rating. Um, just like the characters in Glee, uh, we like, well, I guess they don't really like to, but just like the bullies in Glee, we like to slushy each episode based on how much we dislike it. So out of five slushies, Maggie, how many are you going to throw at this episode? I think I'm going to give this episode a slushy. Mm -hmm. Just one. Yeah. Uh... Because I think they spend way too much time doing stuff that isn't sectionals during the sectionals episode. <laughs> I mean, the, that's pretty typical, though. <laughs> yeah, like the Sam plot line is yeah. like cut down to its bare bones, but I think it could be less than that. Even <laughs> they should cut more of it. Yeah, just get rid of it. Yeah, just get rid of it and have the Trouble Tones do three songs. Yeah. No, I agree. Because yeah, it's it lo- yeah. like for a sexuals episode, I'm not opposed to having the episode be s- music. Yeah. No, I you agree. Know? That's that's a that's good what point. people are turning into 
not yeah. like plot driven garbage. Part of my slushy is specifically for the hockey reference that Shelby Corcoran does. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I listen. This has been a, a big problem for me other times in the show, uh, so I just want to make a point of it. She says right before they uh, like the performances start for sectionals. See you on the ice. What the fuck, Lee? Why do you keep making these hockey references? <laughs> it's funny because when I watched it the first time, Chris definitely like was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? See you on the ice. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm also giving it one slushy out of five. My main reason for not giving it the like zero, um, they shame people who do like exotic dancing. I know that's not yep. the best term for it, but like that they make that a very shameful thing, which I don't understand why you would pick that fight in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then agreed that like the Sam's Sam plotline is like weird and disjointed and out of place. Like, yeah. It's, it's just, it's just not well crafted. No. Um, it's like, why not just, yeah. Why not just be like, Oh, Sam transferred to a different high school in the same town. Let's go get him back. Like, yeah, whatever. Anyway. And then, uh, yeah, besides that, though, I think most of this is actually pretty good. Like, I really like the sectionals performances mm-hmm. um, in general. Like, the choreography, like I said, is way better than it's been in past seasons. Yeah. Um, and then, They like, don't start in the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. It's a first, Maggie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then uh, on top of that, too, I'm not a big fan of... I'm not exactly a big fan of, like, Quinn's weird storyline about, like how she's going to rat out Shelby and get Beth back. Um, but I do like the fact that we've resolved it and we're going to move forward. Yes. Um, having Rachel's her conscience is also just strange. It is weird. Like, <laughs> because Rachel is not a good not person. a moral compass. Not what I would... I would not say that she has a strong one. That's not a term I'd use to describe she's Rachel She's a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. But, like, besides that, I mean, in general, like... It's okay. It's not yeah. Bad. I th- I think it's pretty so. fine. I don't. I definitely don't think it's the best sectionals episode we've had. No. Yeah. So whatever. What can you do? Um, and Have Santana sing Valerie. How about ex- that? Exactly. Uh, and the show is trapped into making the new directions win. Yeah. Or it, maybe it just sort of seems like it. We're trapped in that because we know that they succeed at every point. Right. And have, or, like, they yeah. have in the past, and they're going to continue doing that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see as things go along, but, like, I'm not... They haven't given me enough actual tension in storylines to make me believe that there is a chance that they could fail. Yeah. There's, so, there's never really a threat that no. there's going to be failure. Because then yeah. what would the show do for the rest of the season, right? Exactly. It is so <laughs> tied to the like regimented schedule of sectionals, regionals, nationals. Yeah. Galactics. Intergalactics. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so essentially, I mean, that's where we know where we're going. Like it, it just, there are points about it that make it feel weird where it's like they called the trouble tones rude for offering to let them have people join for regionals. And then they <laughs> extend the offer to them. How to rude. let them join for regionals. Like, yeah. Stupid. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't 
want those characters to not be involved because I really love them. Yeah, and I, I would really to prefer solos, to have so. them around all the time instead yes. of Finn. Yeah, but we'll see. But that's this episode. That's gosh dang everything. Check us out on things online, like our Facebook, our Twitter, which is SNM Hey Glee. You can email us directly at SNM Hey Glee at gmail.com. Check our Instagram, SNM Hey Glee. We also have a Patreon page. Please consider supporting us there. We have extra content, uh, notes, and we push most of our donations from Patreon to the Trevor Project currently. Yep, yep. And um, if you're curious about more of us specifically as independent artists, uh, Maggie has a website at mcar.biz. Mm-hmm. And you can also find her Instagram at mcar.jpeg, which is spelled J-P-E-G. And Sam has a Magic the Gathering podcast with his boyfriend Chris called All Out Brawl that comes out on Wednesdays. Yes. Oh, that's so nice of you to know. Well, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. I mean, you listen, obviously. So Of, co- of any- course. <laughs> I definitely care about Magic the Gathering minutia. Of course I listen every week. Anyway, next week, we'll be back with Season 3, Episode 9, Extraordinary Merry Christmas. So uh, get ready for that. Okay, great... like you're you're saying this like it's a bad thing, but this is maybe the best Glee Christmas episode. No, I'm excited because we're going to have Christmas in July, Maggie. I'm <gasps> Christmas so excited. Christmas in July! So, yeah, so put on your Santa hat, uh, reenact the Grinch, and mm-hmm. um, hope that they don't... I mean, honestly, though, if they do do the plot of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I will not be upset. Sam, so. they don't. Um, but it is a black and it, it, It's a black and white Christmas special, but uh, they there is some Star Wars cosplay. Oh, my God. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll be back with that next week. But until then... I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top.